Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our study of the Bible. Here we study the Bible and we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we have done 24 books of the Bible. And uh, last week we completed our book of Jeremiah. Today we begin our 25th book. That's the book of Lamentations. And it's a short book, quite short and it continues with the the issues of Judah. It's lamentations, they la- lament, they are in grief, and that's what this book is basically about, uh, talking about the people of Judah. And uh, we will start with that today. If you've not been able to listen to the other podcasts that we've done straight from the book of Genesis, you can be able to find them on our app, that's Bible In-Depth Network, all on all podcast platforms at Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, name it. You'll find it there. And I believe the Lord shall speak to you because there is no limitation to revelation like we always say. God reveals his word to everybody who shows the need. If you want God to speak to you, there is no limitation. God has given us the Holy Spirit. He is within you and he speaks to you. God himself speaking to you, walking with you, living with you. That's something we should not undermine as believers. So believe in him to reveal his word to you, to speak to you, to give hope to you. Yeah, he is able. There is no limitation to revelation. He reveals to the preacher, even to you, his servant. He will reveal even to you, the believer. He will reveal it to you. So today we start with a book of lamentations and it starts by saying how lonely city that was full of people why why is it lonely we looked at that it's captivity it's because they've been taken captive by nebuchadnezzar they're out yeah everything feels hopeless they are lonely a city that was filled with people millions of people that left the land of egypt years and years ago hundreds of years ago when you talk right now, you can't believe this is the big group that came from that place. Because of the way they lived, they end up in captivity. And he says, she has become like a widow who was once great among nations. She who was a princess among the provinces has become a forced laborer. Israel was great. Israel was a nation. They feared their history. God took them through captivity in Egypt and brought them out. Right now, they've sunk back into captivity. What is that that causes us to fall? What is that that brings out a man? Of course, we know that's God. He brings you out, takes you another level, gives you prosperity, gives you everything you want. And people look and know, surely this has been God with this. But what is that? which bring you down and sends you back into captivity. This time it's not captivity of Egypt, but it's that of Babylon. What is that that makes might fall? Disobedience. What is that that might down? Sin, wickedness. Those are the things that bring the mighty down. Those God had served, that gifts of prosperity, and now walk in their own ways. What comes by? What comes afterward? What has happened to these people? Of and now the princes among provinces have become as we look at in Jeremiah 40, verse 4 said and get the So unto them, and them saying, Fear not to serve the Chaldeans, dwell in the land 
and serve the king of Babylon, and it shall be well with you. So now, as far as Judah is concerned, if they are to have peace, if they live well, if their generations come after them, they will have to serve the king of Babylon. That's the condition that they have. Yeah, Once a prince, now a servant. Once a great man, now a pauper. Once a great minister, now living in a life of captivity. She weeps bitterly in the night, and her tears are on her cheeks. She has none to comfort her among all her lovers. Of course, the lovers that they're talking about here, they are the nations that uh, they had, of course, as allies who showed them that they love them so much, introduced other gods to them. The lovers they're talking about here are those gods, the small gods that they started to worship of the other Canaanite nations, yeah, the bowels of this world. And those were their lovers. But they are saying, there's nobody to comfort you. Even those lovers are gone. People who used to show you so much love in a life of wickedness, they led you astray and told you and showed you how much they love you. When it's time for punishment, when it's time for judgment, they will not be there. When it's time to pay for that which you've done, they will not be around. They'll be gone. And you suffer the judgment alone. You suffer the consequences alone. The consequence of sin is taken over and fully paid by the one that engaged in it. The rest run away. The lovers of Judah are not here anymore. The gods they worshipped are not there to save them. When it's time to pay for what you've done, you take on it alone. So, all these people that are going to lead you into a certain life, when it's time to pay for it, they will not be there. The lovers are gone. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. The ones that were showing that they are friends of Judah are now enemies. They've betrayed. And that's what happens, friends. They will show you that they love you. They will invite you into their parties. They will cause you to get into the worldly life and give you all the good news of how much they love you, how much you're treasured. But treachery comes and they become your enemies, just like they did for Judah. They forget about her. Judah has gone into exile under affliction and under harsh servitude. She dwells among the nations, but she has found no rest. All her pursuers have overtaken her in the midst of distress. Remember, when we are talking about the captivity here, we are not just talking about them being in Babylon, but they, can, they are scattered also across the world, yeah? And they are living there. And Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 64, tells us, And the Lord shall scatter you among the people from one end of the earth, even unto another, and you shall serve other gods, yeah? Why are they telling them this in Deuteronomy? Remember, it is, it is a condition that was given to them if they do not obey the voice of God, if they do not obey the word of God. He tells them that he will scatter them among all the people from one end of the earth even unto another. That's clear. That's what has happened here. 
and among these nations you shall find no ease. There shall be trembling heart, failing of eyes, sorrow of mind. That is what is happening to the people of Judah. Just like he told them, he told them years earlier that, guys, it's not going to be fun if you don't obey my voice. And I want to tell you today, it's not fun when you don't obey the voice of God. It comes with judgment. It comes with trouble. It comes with affliction. Some of the troubles we are going through are because we don't obey God. We don't obey his voice. We don't obey his word. The roads of Zion are in mourning because no one comes to the appointed feasts. The feasts that they used to have, the feasts of the Passover, the feast of whatever feast they had of tabernacles, these events were not being enjoyed anymore. Reason, you're in captivity. And hey, where are you going to enjoy from when the temple itself was burnt down? It's no longer existing. It was burnt down by Nebuzaradan, the general of Nebuchadnezzar. It's down in ashes. So even when you say, we want to go and worship. There is no place for you to worship. And that's what they're talking about here. Yeah, clearly saying that they cannot go to their appointed feasts. All her gates are desolate. Her priests are groaning. Her virgins are afflicted. And she herself is bitter. Her adversaries have become her masters. Her enemies prosper. For the Lord has caused her grief because of the multitude of her transgressions. Her little ones have gone away as captives before the adversary. Here is a clear reason why they go through that. A multitude of transgressions. God can be so gracious to us and he gives us another opportunity. He gives us favor and we wrong. And we sin, and his gracious says, okay, you've done that, I forgive you. But when these transgressions multiply and they become a multitude like they did for these people of Israel, then you have to face the repercussions, consequences for it. That's what happened for the people of Judah here. All her majesty has departed from the daughter of Zion. Her princes have become like deer that have found no pasture, and they have fled without strength before the pursuer. In the days of our affliction and homelessness, Jerusalem remembers all her precious things. It's this time that they remember, oh, we used to go to the temple and worship. Oh, we used to attend our feasts. Oh, we used to have a good time. Oh, we were secured by the Lord. Oh, we were a nation recognized by God. In time of trouble, you start to remember how God was good to you and how you took it for granted. That's what they are doing right now. So they remember the precious things from old, where her people fell into the hand of the adversary and no one helped her. The adversaries saw her. They mocked at her ruin. Jerusalem sinned greatly. Therefore, she has become an unclean thing. All who honored her despise her. Because they have seen her nakedness. Even she herself groans and turns away. Those who saw how great Israel was. Those who witnessed the time. Read the books about the kings they had. David, Solomon, mighty nation. Now look and see the nakedness of a nation. 
and they wonder what happened to such a great people. Yeah? She did not consider her future. Therefore, she has fallen astonishingly. She has no comfort as see, O Lord, my affliction. For the enemy has magnified himself. The adversary has stretched out his hand over all her precious things, for she has seen the nations enter her sanctuary. The others whom you commanded that they should not enter into your congregation. Of course, what had been clear to them as a nation, and uh, they had protection over their sanctuary. They had protection of their temple. Yeah, And uh, right now, it is the Gentiles that enter it and abuse it. Remember, they entered. The Babylonians entered, broke in, took all the precious things, the, the items, the temple vessels. Yeah, So, these people are thinking about that, saying, what is this that is happening to us? Even our temple is being abused. All her people groan seeking bread. They have given their precious things for food to restore themselves, life for themselves. While they're out there in the world, in the captivity, there's no food to eat. Yeah, They have no land to farm. So they have to give their possessions to get food. They give their possessions to the captor to get food. That's what is happening to Israel. Yeah? And they go and say, See, O Lord, and look, for I am despised. Is it nothing to all you who pass by? Look and see if they, there is any pain like my pain, which was severely dealt out to me, which the Lord inflicted on the day of his anger. That's a big debate sometimes that does God cause trouble? Does God let you go through some experiences? Here, he says, and they speak that he inflicted on the day of his fierce anger. He brought this pain unto them. From on high he sent fire into my bones, and it prevailed over them. He has spread a net for my feet. He has turned me back. He has made me desolate. Faint all day long. The yoke of my transgressions is bound by his hand. They are knit together. They have come upon my neck. He has made my strength fail. The Lord has given me into the hands of those against whom I am not able to stand. Israel, Judah, acknowledges and says, God has given us up to suffering. But God is always gracious. God always gives another opportunity. And the time comes when the cup is full. And it's time for the consequence of your actions. And that's what came upon Judah. The Lord has rejected all my strong men in my ministry. He has called an appointed time against me to crush my young men. The Lord has trodden as a winepress, the virgin daughter of Judah. For these things I weep. My eyes run down with water because far from me is a comforter. One who restores from my soul is far. That's what they're saying. God, at this point, you are far. That's what they're saying. My children are desolate because the enemy has prevailed. Zion stretches out her hands. There is no one to comfort her. They are pushing out their hands. Somebody come help us. God, come help us. Our lovers, other nations, come help us. The gods who used to worship, come help us. They are stretching out their hands, but there is no one to comfort. The Lord has commanded concerning Jacob that the ones around about him 
should be his adversaries. Jerusalem has become an unclean thing among them. The Lord is righteous. For I have rebelled against his command. Now, that's the interesting part. Judah knows what they've done. And in their lament here, they still come out and say, the Lord is righteous. It is not his fault. It is my fault. The grace was abundant. The Lord is righteous. He's good. But I made these decisions to walk away from him. The Lord is righteous. So I have rebelled against his command. Hear now all peoples and behold my pain. My virgins and my young men have gone into captivity. I called to my lovers, but they, re- did, they deceived me. My priests and my elders perished the city while they sought food to restore their strength themselves. See, O Lord, for I am in distress. My spirit is greatly troubled. My heart is overturned within me, for I have been very rebellious. In the street, the sword slays. In the house, it is like death. They have heard that I groan. There is no one to comfort me. All my enemies have heard of my calamity, and they are glad that you have done it, or that you would bring the day which you have proclaimed, that they may become like me. Remember, judgment was sent out when we read through Jeremiah towards the end. To all other nations, Yeah, they were also going to have their judgment and taken into captivity. Now, Judah being one of the first to go, is saying, they should become like me, these other nations who are laughing at me. Hmm? They should also go through torture. Let all their wickedness come before you and deal with them as you have dealt with me for all my transgressions. For my groans are many and my heart is faint. You know, sometimes when you're going through troubles, you look at all the other people and you think they should go through the same because they might even be being more evil than you are. Yeah. Now that's what Judah is doing. They are saying these ones also are wrong. These ones also are evil. Lord, punish them. Take them through turmoil. Torture them. Yeah, that's what they are saying. But God has a way he works. He promised their destruction through Jeremiah, and it will come at their time. But right now, he's dealing with Judah. Yeah. Chapter 2. How the Lord has covered the daughter of Zion with a cloud in his anger. He has cast from heaven to earth the glory of Israel. And has not remembered his footstool in the day of his anger. Has swallowed up. He has not spared all habitations of Jacob. Now, judgment came to the entire nation of Israel. To the northern tribes, ten which even got lost assimilated into the whole world. And now these who who remain in the south, who were Judah that had taken captive by Babylon. The other ones were taken captive by Assyria. And uh, right now, you have these that will come out to be recognized as the Jews. They are the ones that are left behind. But the word is here is that he has not spared all habitations of Jacob. All habitations of Israel have faced turmoil. Everywhere. All 12 tribes have faced the trouble. In his wrath, he has thrown down the strongholds of the daughter of Judah. He has brought them down to the ground. He has profaned the kingdom and its princes. Their walls are down. Their temple is down. He has brought them down as Judah in Jerusalem. In fierce anger, he has cut off all the strength of Israel. He has drawn back his right hand from before the enemy. When God draws back his right hand, is trouble. 
Because it's his right hand that protects. It's his right hand that keeps. It's his right hand that fights for you. When he draws it back, it's trouble. And that's what he's done for the people of Israel. He has drawn back his right hand. Yeah? And he has burned in Jacob like a flaming fire, consuming roundabout. He has bent his bow like an enemy. He has set his right hand like an adversary and slain all that were pleasant to the eye. In the tent of the daughter of Zion, he has poured out his wrath like fire. The Lord has become like an enemy. He has swallowed up Israel. He has swallowed up all its palaces. He has destroyed its strongholds and multiplied in the daughter of Judah, mourning and groaning. How does it happen? That a God who was so loving, that a God who picked his people from captivity, right now is the one punishing them. However much you love, there comes a point to punish, just like you have your children at home. You love them so much, but when they go wrong, the road comes out. And now it's the road out for Judah, taken out by God himself. Yeah? And he has violently treated his tabernacle like a garden booth. He has destroyed his appointed meeting place, the temple, remember. We looked at that when they came. After the reign of Zedekiah, when he disobeys and does not want to give tribute to Nebuchadnezzar, they come, generals from Nebuchadnezzar, they burn down the temple. His appointed place, meeting place, brought down to the ground. That place that was built by Solomon, the mighty temple brought down. The Lord has caused to be forgotten the appointed feast on the Sabbath in Zion. They used to celebrate the Sabbath. Their feasts that they had that God had ordered them straight from the book of Exodus. And he has despised king and priest in the indignation of his anger. The Lord has rejected his altar. He has abandoned his sanctuary. He has delivered into the hand of the enemy the walls of her palaces. Now, this is it. It's a place they built for him. A glorious temple filled with majesty. And the Lord would come and dwell there. Personally, we read that he would come into the presence and be right there with them. And right now, they are saying he has rejected his altar. He has abandoned his sanctuary. He has delivered into the hand of the enemy the walls of her palaces. A place can be mighty. A place can be one where God comes and goes. But because of sin, it can depart. Places of worship can become just places of assembly without the presence of God. For these, but sometimes we want to think that we shall do everything we want to do in our churches, in our worship places, and live an evil life and still command the presence of God in that place. To them here, the Bible says clearly that what has God done? He has rejected that place. He has rejected that sanctuary. It's no more. And we need to be cautious as believers, as leaders, in what we do, in how we handle life, Christian life, doctrine, whatever it is, as we lead God's people, because a place can be rejected by God, like he did for the temple here. They have made a noise in the house of the Lord, 
as in the day of appointed feast, the Lord determined to destroy the wall of the daughter of Zion. He has stretched out a line. He has not restrained his hand from destroying, and he has caused rampart and wall to lament. They have languished together. Her gates have sunk into the ground. He has destroyed and broken her bars. Her king and her princes are among the nations. The law is no more. The law in which they treasured is no more. You cannot trust it. People have been scattered. They don't know what is required of them. Those born have no history because they are born in captivity. And he's saying here the law is no more. Also her prophets find no vision from the Lord. The daughters of Zion sit on the ground. They are silent. They have thrown dust on their heads. They have guarded themselves with sackcloth. They are practically in mourning. The virgins of Jerusalem have bowed their heads to the ground. My eyes fail because of tears. My spirit is greatly troubled. My heart is poured out on the earth because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. When the little ones and the infants faint in the street and the city, they say to their mothers, where is the grain and wine? When the parents, they are asking the parents, we are hungry, we need food. But they don't have food for them. As they faint like a wounded man in the streets of the city, as their life is poured out on their mother's bosom, how shall I admonish you? To what shall I compare you, O daughter of Jerusalem? To what shall I liken you as I comfort you, O virgin daughter of Zion? For your ruin is as vast as the sea. Who can heal you? We are getting a clear example of what life was in captivity for the people of Judah. And this is it. Your prophets have seen for you false and foolish visions. The prophets are not giving you facts anymore. And they have not exposed your they have not exposed your iniquity so as to restore you from captivity. But they have seen for your false and misleading oracles. All who pass along the way clap their hands in the region at you. They hiss and shake their heads at the daughter of Jerusalem. Is this the city which they said the perfection of beauty, a joy to all the earth? People pass by and they're seeing Solomon's temple burnt down and they're asking questions, where is the wall? And they're wondering and saying, is this what they said is the perfection of beauty? People wanted to come, travel from afar to come and see Solomon. And in his time, they did. And there are those who would say, at one point, I'll go and see that place that they talk about in history, that glorious temple. And now when they come, after a long journey, because, hey, there were no phones there, there was no internet, that they would post that the temple has been broken down. So they had to get their physical movement. When they reach there, they see a broken wall and a broken temple burnt down. So they say, is this what you are saying? This is a perfection of beauty? A joy to all the earth? There are people that have been told of, of how great you are. How great your ministry is. And if we are not careful, by the time people come from afar to witness it, they can say, is this the perfection of beauty? Is this a joy? Or something that have been talked about in this place. All your enemies have opened their mouths wide against you. They hiss and gnash their teeth. They say, we have swallowed her up. Surely, this is the day for which we waited. We have reached it. We have said, the Lord has done what he purposed. He has accomplished his word, which he commanded from the days of old. 
He has thrown down without sparing. He has caused the enemy to rejoice over you. He has exalted the mighty of your adversaries. Their heart cried out to the Lord, O wall of the daughter of Zion, let your tears run down like a river day and night. Give yourself no relief. Let your eyes have no rest. Arise, cry aloud in the night at the beginning of the night watches. Instead of sleeping, they are crying. Sometimes the pain is so great that you can't sleep, you cry. That's the life of Judah right now in captivity. Pour out your heart like water before the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands to him. For the life of your little ones who are faint because of hunger in the head of every street. See, O Lord, and look with whom you have dealt thus. Should women eat their offspring? Like, there's so much uh, hunger. They have nothing to eat. Should they eat their offspring? The little ones who were born healthy, should priest and prophet be slain in the sanctuary of the Lord? On the ground, in the streets, lie young and old. This gives us a clear picture of what captivity was. They are lying on the streets, dead. You have slain them in the day of your anger and have slaughtered them, not sparing you. You called, as in the day of an appointed feast, my terrors on every side. And there was no one who escaped or survived in the day of the Lord's anger. Those whom I bore and read, my enemy, annihilated them. Trouble in Babylon, pain in Babylon, captivity for Judah. May we pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we ask you to help us walk with you. That we do not face judgment that is going to bring us to destruction. Help us learn to walk with you and do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.